This is the John Favreau is My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Good evening, Monica. Hello, hello, everyone. <laughs> we have a bone to pick. So you know how someone put our podcast on John Favreau's Wikipedia page? Yeah, Popocornio. <laughs> It has been removed. <laughs> I'm very sad about it. I'm very depressed about it. It I, wasn't even a lie. I don't even know how to, I don't know how to work Wikipedia, but if someone does know how to work Wikipedia, could you please just put us back on there? Put that shit back. It was so delightful to see. I screenshot it. I have considered printing it out and framing it. And I will say our Instagram followers did rise. They rose as bread does when it is yeast. Not drastically, but re- Rise it did. It roseth like <laughs> Sir Jesuit. <laughs> uh, so uh, I would like that to happen again. That's my um, that's my Christmas wish. Mm, I don't know about that. Christmas is <laughs> Christmas is a while away. Well, I mean, I can wait. Delayed mm-mm, gratification. Mm-mm, mm-mm. We'll all be underwater by then. Oh uh, no! We'll all be underwater by then. <laughs> um uh they found a ship today jessica told me just wanted to share with all of you yeah a ship that's been um sunken sunk sank she done sunk she done sunk under she gave what she was supposed to give and she until she could give it no more in antarctica and in like 1915 yes and it has been recovered and it was monica was telling me how the article was saying it was in perfect condition (laughs) she was showing me pictures Like, I feel really stupid because maybe it is. And like, we don't know what the criteria is, but it it's in incredible condition for an over 100 year old ship that has been in the depths of the ocean, Monica. If I sat underwater for a year, I wouldn't exist anymore. <laughs> the ship. Because I was looking at the pictures and I was like, what the fuck? Like. <laughs> this shit looks broke. Like, <laughs> like if these were pictures on the real reel that said like good condition, very good, no with tags, I would feel catfished. Like what the fuck? That's what you receive when you order like an Amazon used book and it says like new. <laughs> like new, <laughs> still in box, still with tags. And then there's like, it arrives, it's one page that's like been burned. <laughs> That's what I feel like this ship was giving. <laughs> the pictures of this quote unquote perfect condition ship. I mean, ship. it was in pretty fucking good condition. I'm Whatever. Mint condition. I'm proud of the ship, okay? I don't know about that. Her name is the Endurance. I don't know if we said that, but we didn't. Her but, name is the Endurance. Yeah. She was uh, a ship that belonged to uh, some captain, some guy from 1915 or something. Mm-mm. Was that the year the Titanic sunk? I don't think so. Oh, God. It's but so- I also don't know. Let's find out. Yeah. I want to know if they're like what related. What year did the Titanic sink? I don't think so. 1912. 1912. Three years prior. So three, well, no, three years after, right? Like the Titanic sank three years prior to oh, this. Oh, yes. yes. But this, okay. So yes. So it was Captain Shackleton's ship. <laughs> that sounds fake. Tis me, Sir Ernest Shackleton. <laughs> Elmore? (laughs) Rip. Oh, man. So, Shackleton lost his ship. We lost our standing on Wikipedia. What are you going to do? 
So the reason why we brought up both of these stories is to create a really elaborate metaphor. We, like the ship, will rise in like new conditions <laughs> in a hundred years. <laughs> I can't wait for to pull me out of the depths of Apple podcast, which is turned into a fucking crypto <laughs> monopoly. <laughs> no one wears clothes anymore. It's we're all holograms. What's a podcast? I don't know. Well, listen to this. I just think and my thoughts are broadcast on the radio waves. And now I surf the radio waves <laughs> because I become like Osmosis Jones. Teeny tiny. <laughs> That's our future, you guys. Don't talk to me. We're going to be future. microscopic organisms that don't know what a podcast is. Find the relics in like the digital space yeah. and then realize that back in the day we used to talk into microphones and bitch about our shit and people listen to it. They're going to hear about COVID and just laugh. They're going to be like, Corvid, what's that? Do you mean <laughs> that thing that you take Tylenol for now? <laughs> <laughs> No, all viruses are obsolete. Yeah. They're all gone <laughs> because we're just a bunch of microorganisms with no legs. <laughs> legs gone. Legs, who needs them? Skeleton, where? Get out of here. Eyes, mm, I don't know. <laughs> That's our future. Oh, sounds fun. I don't know. But you know what our present is, Monica? What's our present? Our present is Kirsten Dunst. A gift, a true gift. A gift, a treasure. That is why they call it the present. Kirsten present dunst. <laughs> Not true. Not true. Um, we we like kind of stumbled upon the decision to do Kirsten. Wouldn't you agree, Monica? Um, yeah. Well, if we're being completely honest, we really wanted an excuse to watch Power of the which I know we don't need an excuse to watch Power of the Dog. But we um, wanted to capitalize on how much was being talked about. <laughs> yes. And so we really wanted to watch it. And so we were like, oh, we'll do Benedict Cumberbatch. But then we realized, mm, nor who is the bigger, badder star? It's Kirsten. It's Kirsten. Because this bitch, she's done so many. Like, we had to really think about what she's we were going to do. She's a and top we'll probably do another one on her in the future. Oh, because definitely. after, like, revisiting her stuff, I'm like, this she's so talented and has done so much shit and people like forget that she exists. People forget that they worship the ground she walks on. Yeah. Because I realized that, you know, what in, in doing the research and watching the films for, for today's episode, I was like, you know what? Kirsten Dunst is like a secret idol of mine. Yeah. A secret icon. Yeah. And the reason I say secret is because like, you don't really think about her too much anymore, but then she does something like power of the dog and you're like, Oh, yeah, for sure. And Jessica and I were watching this interview, uh, I think it was like by Variety or something, where she was talking about how now that because she's so well established in her career, she can like just pick and choose what project she mm-hmm. actually wants to be on, which is crazy to think about because she was working so goddamn much when she was like a child yeah. into her teens that like you have to remember that like she number one she's only 39 we've been watching her for 30 years <laughs> yeah she's only 39 and we yeah. watched her for her entire life and she, yes this bitch can be selective about the shit that she works on mm-hmm. period punto period. punto fin <laughs> she's very she's very filmmaker driven she says yes so uh, Which has begun to stand out, um, I think, in her like career of the last like fifteen years, probably a hundred percent, at least the last decade. G- correct. And we'll be right back. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now back to the show. Punto. Monica, e. tell us about Kirsten. I'd be delighted. Not Kirsten. I know. <laughs> this was really hard for me, you guys. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about our gal, Kirsten. Do it. Kirsten Caroline Dunst is an American actress and Y2K teen icon. Yes. Daddy Kirsten has received various accolades, including a Gun Film Festival Award for Best Actress, an Academy Award nomination, ding, ding, a Primetime Emmy Award, and four Golden Globe Awards. <gasps> I am, like, out of breath. Just oh, damn, girl. The accomplishment. Jesus. She made her acting debut in 1989 in the short Oedipus Rex, directed by... <clears throat> for the anthology <laughs> film, New York Stories. She was a tiny tot legend, having been nominated for a Best Supporting Actress Golden Globe for her role as a child vampirus, Claudia, <laughs> in the uber-famous cult classic Interview with the Vampire. She had a failed music career. Oh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Kirsten? Did the music? She did. Oh, she, had a, she had what I like to go, which, to be fair, I shouldn't be calling, calling anything failed because I'm broke, but she had a failed <sighs> music career, uh-huh. but made up for it with being in my favorite superhero movie franchise of all time and the only superhero movie franchise that matters i don't give a fuck sam raimi's spider-man spider-man the greatest movies of all time hashtag it's pizza time <laughs> <laughs> she's also an icon for being engaged to the current underrated icon jesse plemons yes you heard that right he's a fucking icon <laughs> think about it literally just sit there think about a movie Jesse Plemons is in it. I mean, I don't think Period. that that's true, but he is on the rise. <laughs> uh, he's our prince of comedy and sex, who she met on the set of the Fargo television series, which we got to watch. We got to watch it's that. It's on FX. FX. <laughs> which is so hard to find, like on a streaming platform. Uh, they are the real life daddies to two gorgeously blonde childrens. Wow. Because they're both like really fucking blonde. Really blonde. Like and really Kirsten, blonde. Kirsten loves to put half of her blonde hair over <laughs> half of her face. It's true. It's, I love it. I love the mystery. She's Kirsten. like I, middle part who? It's very chic. It's very French. It's giving blonde bombshell it's giving chanel it's giving it's giving dior it's giving six days of dry shampoo (laughs) dude did you know that they're making like multiple pinocchio movies this year no but good for them they're making multiple there's only one in my eyes and it's the one with ursher many different geppettos (laughs) ursher baby ursher baby that's the only pinocchio in my world Quick, name an Ursher song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm in the club with my homies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Aaron, don't do a spit take on the laptop. It would be very bad. <laughs> name another Ursher song. Um, what's that one about burning? B- 
uh, fire something burning. <laughs> you mean fire burning by Sean King? No, no I'm just kidding. I, you know the one I'm talking about. Usher song. Usher baby. Oh, you remind me. That's an Usher song. Oh, that's also an Usher song. Um, the song is literally just called Burn. Oh, that's the one I was thinking of. Though. Yeah, that one as well. Ugh, Usher baby. So good. We <laughs> talked about him a lot on, on uh, our episode, uh, our JLo episode about Hustlers. Because <laughs> Usher was Cause in Usher that baby movie. was in that movie. Um, <laughs> there was a girl I went to elementary school who legit was obsessed with Usher for uh, I mean, she probably still is. As a fourth grader, she had a full pick poster of him in her locker. And I'm like, this feels inappropriate. Oh my God, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let rewind, T- wind that shit back. She was like, I'm nine and I'm gonna marry Usher. Wind that shit back. <laughs> Did you ever like get those? Do you, Cause 17 is not a magazine anymore. Yes. But did you ever? Like, I believe it's an online magazine still. I don't know. Is it? I believe. I don't know. But it's not. It's definitely not like a, a printed publication. Correct. Yeah. Did you ever like get like like Seventeen magazine and like Tiger Beat? Yes. <laughs> and like you remember when they had those posters inside the magazine? Yes, I had one of Zach that you could take like like rip out. Yes. That had like their their signature on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I put up like. It didn't matter that I didn't know who the person was. <laughs> I put them all up in my room. I'm a teen. To like cover the wall. Because <laughs> I didn't like that the wall was like white. <laughs> so instead I'll have this bitch's face on it. Yeah. And I remember like not knowing who like specifically Austin Butler was. <laughs> but still putting his poster up. And, and now being, he's like, Elvis. And being like, whoever the fuck that white guy is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like all the other ones. Might as well put him up there. And now he's Elvis. Monica, and now he's so. fucking, which I'm so excited. I'm really excited too. I'm not sold on it yet, but I still want to see it. From the trailer, I'm definitely not sold on it, <laughs> but I'm, I can only assume it's going to be a good time. Yeah, I think it'll be a party. It'll be glitter, glitz. It'll be like the, the Great Gatsby where like, you don't, really, you don't really expect it to really be anything, I'm but always- then you're like, oh, cool. I heard from a lot of people, they were like, Austin Butler doesn't really look like Elvis, but no, I was like, who cares? Uh, I'm sorry, but you're never going to find anyone who looks like exactly like Elvis. <laughs> also, that's literally not the point of biopics. He also looks, he definitely has the vibe. He has the vibe, which is all that's important. He has like the puffy lips, which I think is important. Yes, he's got those puffy lips. Yeah, he, the rest, like his nose is definitely way different. And his There's eyes- There's a lot that's different. His, <laughs> his, <laughs> I was knocked over but a glass. What I'm saying is I think the thing that matters the most are the yeah. puffy lips and he and he nailed them. Yeah, he yeah. got them. He has those puff lips. He said, give me the fillers, That's girl. what happened to me when I opened a packet of red chili pepper flakes with my mouth once. Oh my God, stores. <laughs> my lips got very large. I used to steal the red pepper packets from Chuck E. Cheese uh-huh. thinking that they were like active sustenance only to realize it was seasoning. Maybe that's why your stomach hates you. <laughs> Because all like because you just fed it chili peppers. <laughs> I remember like like t- putting a bunch in my hand, ripping off the tops, and then just going, "Oh, you scare me sometimes." <laughs> well, I did try to get you to bring chili into the movie theater. Yeah, so so my you're an embarrassment sc- and you scare it's me. It's true. My scrappy ways have not ceased. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad. It's said. Uh, well, uh. enough of a detour. Let's get back to a gal. No, let's only do detours. <laughs> let's make Aaron's life really, really good this You're evening. right. You're absolutely Aaron, correct. what else should we talk about? Yeah, give us a good, 
give us a good topic. <laughs> Are there any other ships that were shipwrecked? <laughs> Let's find out. Let's actually just Google the Titanic really quick and pull up some <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Titanic. <laughs> a ship that sunk and sunk it did. <laughs> Uh, just kidding, just kidding. A ship that gave what it was supposed to give and can give us no more. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about the first movie, all right? Go for it. The first movie is Bring It On, came out in 2000, directed by Peyton Reed, screenplay by Jessica Bendinger. Bendinger? Ben, Bendinger. Bendinger. Bend, okay. bend, bending, Bendinger. Bendinger. Whatever. Whatever. Take it or leave it. Okay, Jessica. <clears throat> Steal my fucking name. The Toro Cheerleading Squad from Rancho Carne High School in San Diego has got spirits, <laughs> meat rich, sass, and a killer routine that's sure to land them the national championship trophy for the sixth year in a row. <laughs> I know it means meat ranch. <laughs> meat ranch. <laughs> but for newly elected team captain Torrance, the Toros' road to total cheer glory takes a shady turn when she discovers that their perfectly choreographed routines were in fact stolen from the Clovers, a squad from East Compton by the Toro's former captain. While the Toro scrambled to come up with a new routine, the Clovers, led by squad captain Isis, played by Gabrielle Union, oh, so good. have their own problems, coming up with enough money to cover their travel expenses to the championships. With time running out and the pressure mounting, both captains drive their squads to the point of exhaustion. Torrance, who I didn't mention, but she's played by Kirsten Dunst, obviously, hell-bent on saving the Toros' reputation and Isis more determined than ever to see that the Clovers finally get the recognition that they deserve. But only one team can bring home the title, so may the best moves win. Monica, that was the longest plot synopsis for Bring It On. I'm sorry. It's what IMDb served us. You know, sometimes I write my own. You know what? Not all of us are copywriters. (laughs) (laughs) we are the toros we are the toros the mighty mighty toros and then they make the little horns yeah or they do this where they're like toros and you guys can't see what i'm doing but i am currently creating a fist she's doing the hook horns horns. (laughs) and i am uh raising my what is this my pointer finger your index finger this is my pointer and your index and the same thing no, my index finger is this finger. No, this is your index finger. This is my index finger. That's your ring finger. Oh, you're so right. I know I'm right. Thank okay, you. Okay, pointer finger I'm slash USA. index finger. Bite on. Bite on. Toros. Toros. Mighty, mighty. Toros. Look at horns. Look at horns. Anyway, I made... We're so unhinged. <laughs> we haven't recorded in like two weeks, we guys. We are the Toros. T-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-S. <laughs> Burr. It's cold in here. <laughs> there must be some toros in the atmosphere. I say, bird. It's cold in here. It is cold. I say, oh, we, oh, we, oh. Okay, okay, okay. Back to the movie. I said, bird. <laughs> okay. Bring it on was the film of a generation it was the film this built a generation of girls like <laughs> every girl i knew because i we i was what f- i was five when this came out and we were watching it when we were five <laughs> this was the movie the 
this movie represented everything you wanted to aspire to be. Yeah, every fucking girl wanted to be a cheerleader solely because of Bring It On. Only because of this movie for no other reason. Yeah, and Kirsten Dunst was like every girl's favorite actress because she was the head cheerleader in Bring It On. Exactly. And you're like, oh my God, she was the girl from Bring It On. Yes, yes. Um, I love this movie. It is so fucking funny. Yes. It is funnier than people even fucking realize. Yeah, like people, people are, and I'm not saying that these movies aren't funny, but they get on their fucking high horse about movies like old school and the, those types of films. Yes. And they're like, they'll never get old. They're funny forever. And I'm like, mm. <sighs> But then I want to bring it on as an adult, which I haven't done in a long time. It was a delight. And and boy, did I laugh my fucking ass off. Well. But we also had to have a saga. Much like our Black Messiah saga. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. uh, Judas and the Black Messiah saga of 2021. Yes. Uh, We had another fucking saga. I would say less dramatic. Less dramatic, still as impactful. Okay. May, I think you just were, I think you have trauma associated with the first You're saga. Right. You're right. So it just <laughs> stung a little bit more. Um, so once again, we were put in a situation where, and I don't know how, I, uh, if you guys want to look at this up, um, I found an article about this issue. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll, I'll link it somewhere for you guys. I'll link it in the show notes. I'll get our PA to link it in the show notes. <laughs> But essentially, uh, there comes a time when you cannot find a movie anywhere. Yeah. Like, I'm not exaggerating here. I'm really not. I wish I was. You can't find it on iTunes. You cannot find it on Amazon. You cannot find it on Netflix, Hulu, HBO, AMC+, Showtime, Stars. You cannot find it anywhere. Even if you want to find the DVD of it. You can't find it anywhere. It's not. It's not going to come fast. No. (laughs) No. And so Jessica and I were freaking out because we were like, no, we have to do this movie. We could not find Bring It On. We could not find it anywhere. But we could find its sequels. All the sequels. (laughs) All the fucking sequels. Bring It On, Fight to the Finish. Like, we found all the other ones, but not the original. And this got me to thinking, like, well, why are are some movies available and others not available? Yeah, because we've run into this problem before. Yeah, and it has to do with, like, rights and shit and, like, how it's expensive to keep movies up. Uh, There was an article about this that is explaining it way better than i am obviously yeah but and if you if you're curious about it i would suggest that you look it up but essentially i ran out of options and was so desperate that i ordered a used dvd of <laughs> bring it on in widescreen to the sunken ship in a widescreen <laughs> uh from amazon and i paid like 12 dollars for it it still had the tag on it from goodwill and it was two ninety nine <laughs> when it arrived. I love capitalism and the free market. It was in fine. Con- it was in first of all, it was in widescreen, which yeah. is impossible to watch now. But it's like impossible to watch because the way that they fucking cut it oh, is sure. fucking horrible. Yes, they were not because they didn't in the same care. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, we don't give a fuck. The consumer, the average consumer, will enjoy this widescreen. <laughs> on their plasma television Uh, um but yeah and then randomly i just looked it up on youtube for some reason the day i got it yeah i sent jessica a picture and i was like 
can't believe this arrived. It was it was two ninety nine from Goodwill. I paid almost twelve dollars for it, but at least it's here. Do you want to come over and watch it? And Jessica was like, "No, like I can't for uh, for a, an obligation reason." And then she was like, "But I did find it on YouTube." <laughs> Entire movie, the full movie, and I remember sitting there staring at the link, <laughs> like internally sobbing, and like trying to figure out what I was going to reply back to her. And then I was like, "Okay." <laughs> well, I was it like, was "Sure, horrible. I was like, surely this can't be the whole movie. Surely it's like in Spanish, or it's backwards, it's or it's Spanish. upside down, or it's one of those things where like." It's tilted Meat to wrench. the side, so you got to tell your computer to the side in order to watch it, right? But no, it was the full ass movie. And then all of the comments were the same. Were all these people going? I really didn't think it could be true that this was just the whole movie for free, but here it is. <laughs> it's just so sad. And now I'm stuck with an old ass bring like, it up. used DVD. Listen, listen, the supply oh, and demand. I think we hype it up enough to the point where people want to watch this movie. They can't get it, obviously. Well, and they're not going to find it on YouTube because <laughs> I won't tell them. Uh, Don't and then tell you them. sell it for $50. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. Dream. Dream. <laughs> wishes okay back to bring it on yes from ranch meat high school ranch meat high school um about kirsten specifically love that she's playing like a 17 year old and she's actually 17 in this yeah movie. so fun because she just seemed like a teenager having a good time which when we watched that video that you showed me um earlier the interview of her talking about her career that's like what they all thought it would be they had no idea that it would be like this big hit yeah. And it's like hard to foresee a movie like that even being a big hit. Mm -hmm. I'm genuinely very certain that the makers of the like the filmmakers were like, we're you know, we're going to make this fun cheerleader movie. It's going to be really funny. It's going to be a little edgy. And that's kind of be that. And then if it goes somewhere far, great. If it doesn't, whatever. Mm -hmm. They shot it in San Diego. They had a wonderful time. They all went to like cheerleading boot camp, essentially, to learn how to do some basic cheerleading moves. They had a fucking blast. They were in their prime their prime their uh their like physical prime yeah. so they were like feeling like bad bitches on the lot <laughs> um and there they were driving around in their little jeeps beep, in their beep, beetles <laughs> in their little beetles beep 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 like going to the ocean crying over spilled milk like this was their <sighs> life and honestly it showed it was so beautiful to watch like teens being teens mm -hmm. because like i i almost forgot that like this was the vibe because you see something like euphoria and you're like ah <laughs> uh, yes euphoria high school everyone's showing up in a uh -huh. floss thong and their problems include jail and also drugs <laughs> We're like, no, in reality, things were a lot closer to bring it on. I know. Where when, <laughs> your brother just like farts on you when you're at home and like your boyfriend is an asshole. Your boyfriend's an, like an asshole who's like really unaware yeah. that he's an asshole. And there's always that girl that like secretly wants to be a cheerleader, but like feels like she doesn't fit the bill. Yes. And like people, you know, they go like, no, put on the, put on the suit, you'll be fine. And she doesn't, she's like, oh my God, I feel like a bad bitch. Fucking like, Eliza <laughs> Dushku. Yeah. <laughs> And so, and there's a lot of like nostalgic elements to this film, but there's also a lot of like truth that doesn't exist in a lot of other movies mm -hmm. because of the age that all the actors were, specifically Kirsten Dunst when she filmed this movie. Yeah. Her woes 
matched the woes of the film. Yes. Right. And her, the emotional depth that she gave was also like what was it, what was currently available to her at that age. While I was watching it, it reminded me like the movie didn't, but like the acting style, I guess, reminded me a lot of election because I'm like yes. they like she understood because she was 17, but also just because she's a good actress that like the stakes in the movie of like this cheer competition, this title, she's the captain. They stole their routine. Oh my fucking god. It's like the worst she's gonna go to jail for it the stakes are so fucking high for her and you can tell how like it feels life or death for her especially because and this was like really smart on the writer's part for torrance like <laughs> cheering is all she fucking does it's all she, only she, she can do <laughs> like she's not a very good student she's like average right like she's not horrible because she needs to maintain a specific grade point average to, like be, be on the squad <laughs> she's like she's not horrible she's good she but she lacks like ambitions outside of this bubble mm-hmm. which is to be really honest so realistic when you're like 16 17 in high school you finally found your niche you're, you're like thing and you like go black and white on it you're like i'm yeah. all in i'm all in baby. all in baby you're like luke i'm all in <laughs> i am all in <laughs> like that's you yeah and kirsten has this like relentless optimism about her that is like the ability for it to just shine through. It's like she shits rainbows in this movie. <laughs> but like in, in a way that is really compelling and not in a way that is annoying. No. Which I find to be really refreshing. I actually, it, so maybe this is a hot take, but I actually think I found this movie more annoying when I was younger because I didn't get a lot of it. Like I didn't, I thought that it was just kind of like vulgar because it could be. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm like, oh, it's, this is hilarious. And so I appreciated it a lot more because it's a movie with actors who like, they're not trying to be anything that they aren't or like accomplish anything that they shouldn't be. They're just like, yeah, we're making a fucking cheerleading movie. And the stakes are really high for us because we're children. The end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's period. It is not punto fin. It is not a dumb cheerleader movie. No. Like the sequels, maybe. Oh, for not, not even maybe for sure. The sequels, um, <laughs> even the one with like Hayden Panettiere. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> they are, they're really bad. Yeah, they're like bad. they're genuinely very bad, but I will go to my grave defending this film and specifically specifically kirsten's role in this film Mm -hmm. because she leads this film to the fucking finish line hand in hand with gabby union yes hand in fucking hand that being clovers they fucking fucking know what they're doing gabrielle union was not like 16 no she was 27 but it's fine It's okay. She looked good. She looked good, and she could do the routine. Yeah. So that's all. That's really all. She that looked matters. amazing. She looked incredible. <laughs> oh my uh, god! And I mean, the Clovers were clearly the better team. Well, yeah, that's why they win. In exactly, the end. exactly. And that's what I love about this movie is it didn't play into like the whole stereotype of like like the underdogs or like whatever that that yeah. like Rancho Carne like all of a sudden got got dealt this shitty hand and now like oh no but they're gonna win it's like no from the beginning you're yeah. like they are not going to win and that is okay I mean, that's not what this movie's about surprised that a cheerleading movie from the 2000s starring a bunch of white girls like took the high road and 
<laughs> like like took the real road yeah. of like no bitch this other team works harder yeah they're just straight up better than y'all so we stole their shit and you guys plagiarized mm-hmm. their creative like intellectual property i know the white woman does not win in this movie and Thank we God. stand and we truly she does stand. win second she wins second but that that routine they came up with in the end is quite good it's pretty good yeah I'm not gonna lie even <laughs> after all those jazz hands <laughs> spirit fingers spirit fingers <laughs> just <laughs> ridiculous um it's it's really it's genuinely a very smart film and it is such a delight to watch and to partake in it like it's the perfect sleepover film it Mm -hmm. is the it's also just a great film for like a friday night with friends alone like it's a very good feel-good film but it also has a lot of depth like yeah especially with the life or death stake situation with that like you find yourself like sweating you're like (laughs) do they have to get the money do they go to nationals (laughs) Ah! (laughs) and i think and this is like very niche but like i think a lot to like when you're in high school and you're like doing those specifically like what I did, which were those like D task competitions mm-hmm. for drama. Yes. And it's truly life or death. Yeah. You're standing there and you're like, what? One of our chairs is broken. What? 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 I cannot believe this. We have to go to Home Depot and buy another chair five minutes before we're on. Oh my God. <laughs> and like, mm. it, it just amplifies that feeling. It do. <sighs> I love this I movie. Love it. 11 out of 10. Well, let's move to the second film, Monica. I'm going to give it to you straight, girlies. Give it to me straight. Okay, besties. This is Marie Antoinette. Yes. You heard me. Came out in 2006, written and directed by the one, the only, Sofia Coppola. Yes. Some might argue the best of the Coppolas. Some. Some. Definitely the best female Coppola. Well, there aren't a lot. (laughs) An Austrian teenager, played by Kirsten Dunst, marries the Dauphin of France, played by Jason Schwartzman, and becomes that country's queen following the death of King Louis XV, played by Rip Torn, in 1774. Years later, after a life of luxury and privilege, Marie Antoinette loses her head during the French Revolution. Mwahahahaha. I mean, it is sad. I just think the head thing is kind of punny. I guess. Even though... Spoiler alert. She did not say, let them eat cake. No. Just FYI. Uh, just letting you all know. That no. was 100% a lie. That bitch never said Didn't that. Didn't she say something similar? Mm, no. She literally never mentions cake. Oh. Like, ever. I didn't mean about cake. Like, about another food. I think I think you're right that she said something about another food. But the like cake thing is... brioche or something. Brioche! <laughs> Snails, escargot. Let them eat the snails. Let them eat the slimy oh, actually, snails. Actually, she'd be Austrian. So, so be. Oh, Wiener schnitzel. Let them eat the snails. Let them eat the schnitzel. Let them eat cake. <laughs> Pastel. Kuchen. That's how you say cake in German. How do you know? Because I know. Because apple Kuchen? cake is Apfelkuchen. Apfelkuchen. <laughs> Kuchen is cake. Kuchen. Cook and Michael Key. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Marie Antoinette. What a beautiful film. Oh I remember watching this when it came out. I think I was like 13 when I watched it for the first time. So a little after it came out. But 
I didn't like it because I fully didn't understand what the fuck was going on. Oh my God. I was just like, no one's talking and it's, why is everyone just lounging? Why is everything pink? Everyone is pink and white and just laying around. What the fuck is going on? But watching it as an adult. (laughs) Everyone's pink and white. Watching it as an adult who like also understands and like is interested in film now. I like this movie blows me away because I think it's such a brave interpretation of the story because it's a really unpopular interpretation of Marie Antoinette's life. But like the source material that Sofia Coppola used for this is considered like one of the best biographies of Marie Antoinette and like the French revolution, because Mm. it paints her as a slightly more sympathetic figure, not because she didn't do anything wrong, but because she was fucking 14 years old when she got married. And like, what are, what the fuck are you supposed to know? Yeah. (laughs) Literally. She became queen when she was like 17. Not even. She was like 15. Like legit. I think they were married for like three years before she became queen. Oh, true. If you want to like, if you want to be like really specific about when she was crowned queen, crowned queen. Um, yeah. People fucking hated this movie. And that's like not, you know, it's, it's definitely not speculation. It's definite. (laughs) Uh, when this movie came out, it came out in 2006. Uh, people fucking hated it. Critics hated it. Our boy, Roger, love this movie we love roger <laughs> i trust all of his reviews i trust him deeply and he that bitch gave it a four out of fucking four so that should tell you something bitches that's that it was because she was a woman people criticized the soundtrack even though i thought it fucking slapped yeah and it and it was like the juxtaposition of the fucking like post-punk soundtrack yes <laughs> to like fucking first sigh so oh good. my god so good just like the excess and the chaos and Amazing. people hated that she took a bunch of like historical liberties but y'all bitches are fine with it with like the favorite and emma <laughs> like <laughs> i'm sorry but 2006 was not it to be it, fair a lot of people also didn't get the favorite that's true it, i would say it was more widely loved than marie antoinette for sure but true but a lot of people were like the fuck (laughs) it was brilliant get over yourselves get over yourselves Yorgos Lanthimos is a genius I don't even like Emma Stone and I think that movie's (laughs) genius come on so I think a big part of why this movie was hated so much is because it was directed by Sophia but yes I agree with that but no one's gonna say that out loud will you (laughs) um oh you can go. No, you can go, Queen. I just <laughs> talked. <laughs> what I was going to say is that, like, before the action of the movie takes place, you get, like, kind of a little intro. Mm. And there's yes. this really great shot of Kirsten. And she's, like, lounge, lounging yes. on a chaise. And she's, like, eating cake and being served. And she looks, like, right into the camera and smiles. And you're just like, fuck. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, there's a sensuality to this film that has nothing to do with sex. Yes. There is this like deep desire that like oozes out of this film mm-hmm. in such a, like it's it's genuinely unexplainable, at least on my end. I mean, you could argue that it is ex- 
explicable explainable explic explainable (laughs) because that's the whole that's the whole fucking point that's why she got beheaded is because this bitch just spent money like left and right so it's like they literally crafted this world of excess it was and it's just like it's so excessive dude it was literally the wolf of wall street but like versailles but like pink and puffy yeah and the uh, all of the lingering shots on the desserts uh-huh. and how they're beautifully and like meticulously styled and mm-hmm. crafted mm-hmm. and all of those shots of the shoes and like all of the shots of Kirsten Dunst like giggling and like clapping her hands like mm-hmm. ready to receive her many gifts and like understandably she's a child. Yeah. So she's going to spend money if you let her. Yes. Period. <laughs> like she's, she's yeah. not, if, Listen, if you're going to take her away from her home country mm-hmm. and crown her queen, she's going to live like a fucking queen. They even took away her dog. They took away her little... And they were like, you can have as many French dogs as you want. And she had to leave the pug behind. Oh, poor little pug. Which, are pugs not French dogs? They give me French vibes. I don't know. Let's find out. I don't know. The point is, they took away her fucking dog. I think that's fucked up. I also think that that is fucked up. Let's find out. Originally from China. Oh, I thought they were French dogs. Nar. Woof. Woof. Je ne suis franche. Français. Je suis français. Je suis un pug. Je suis un pug. Je ne sais pas France. Oh my God, we're on hinge. Je suis désolé. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ah. Okay, back on track. Back on track. Um, Kirsten in this role is fucking stunning. Like to put it simply, I guess. Like she this this takes place over a number of years, and also like a lot of things change in her life. And the years that this takes place in are very, very formative years. Yes. So like she starts off, she's 14 years old, being dropped off at the fucking border between Austria and France, being like, you cannot have anything on your body that is from Austria, only French. We, 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 we. like stripped down and put in this French getup. It's bullshit. And then it's like, here's your future husband, this dweeby Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> and she's like, she's so childlike and she's so innocent and like joyful when she has joyful moments, but you can also see how afraid she is. And like, she sees how big this responsibility is, but like she physically, like she's not mentally, her brain literally can't grasp it because she's not old enough. (laughs) No. And I guess for her, the problems in her brain have nothing to do with like the union of Austria and France. Yes. (laughs) Like, correct. The problems in her brain have to do with, am I happy? Can I do this? Can I do that? Can I please my husband? My mother keeps writing me all these fucking letters She's about- like, why aren't you pregnant? She's like, girl, bitch, why aren't you having sex? Why ain't you fucking? And Kirsten Dunst is like, because I'm like 12? I don't know how to do this. Because I'm a baby? Because I'm a baby. I don't know how to fucking do this. <laughs> and Jason Schwartzman is not helping. This no, man just, he just lies likes locks. <laughs> he only likes locks. He likes locks. He, there is this scene where he and Kirsten Dunst are in this enormous, gorgeous bed. Yeah. Which, by the way, they filmed this in Versailles on Mondays. Incredible. Incredible. Mondays at Versailles. Am I right? 
<laughs> That's what the documentary about the making of this film is called. I know. Mondays at Versailles. We <laughs> oh, oui. laughed all in French. Laughed all in French. Oui, 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 oui. But there's this scene where they're both in this gorgeous plushy bed and she's like, she's kind of trying to get something going. And the only way, and I love, I love that Kirsten does this. She like kind of like pops her shoulders over, like over her body uh-huh. and like awkwardly trails her hair like down her shoulder and is like, what are you reading? <laughs> and he's like reading to her about locks. Uh-huh. Being like, this lock is made like this because, you know, when you insert the key and you turn it, all the mechanisms go wee, wee, wee. And she's like, mm-hmm. wow. <laughs> and it is, I almost peed my pants watching that scene <laughs> because it's so quiet and you wouldn't expect it to be as funny as it is but it is so fucking funny yes. and it just goes to show you how much she number one didn't know yes. like her how naive she was number one number two like how much she tried and then realized that like it wasn't gonna get her anywhere and then just stopped mm-hmm. <laughs> like was like you know what let him read about love. I don't really I'll give let a him, fuck. I'll let him have his stories. Listen, this is like a 100 million thousand thread count sheet. I'm just going to sit here and count all the threads. <laughs> this is so much more interesting. <laughs> um, I love so much that Sophia like humanized, I guess, these characters yes. and this type of world in general, because I think people forget a lot of the time that like royalty they're also people and they were also born into it slash married into it. Like none of this is their choice slash they don't know any different. And I'm not saying that you should have sympathy. You should have sympathy for these people, but like you should acknowledge that they have human flaws. And Kirsten especially is like the perfect vessel for that. She does such a beautiful job of like maintaining the grace and the poise of of someone regal, but also reminding us at every turn that she's like a, a clueless child slash. She's also just like kind of a depressed woman. Yeah. Because as she ages in the movie, like she really wants to please her husband and she really wants to please her mother. And she really like all the women in society are talking about her and they're like, you know, your husband's brother's wife had a baby before you and that's considered like bad and you could get fucking kicked out of here, blah, 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 oh, blah. Yeah. She says like your place is not secured here until yeah. you produce an heir. Yes. Right. Oh my God. The fucking pressure. Yeah, dude. And, and she wore it so well. There are so many scenes where she takes letters from her mom and reads them by herself. And she's like gripping and clutching at the pages, mm-hmm. like trying to figure out within her own mind how far she's willing to go and like how far she's willing to lose herself in order to like fit this insane fucking mold mm-hmm. that people have tried to put her in. And it's crazy because like like you said, like we shouldn't feel very sorry for these people, but we kind of also really should because yeah. people think that they are divinity, yes. right? Like they the reason why they're royal is because people think that they have like a direct line to God. Yeah, that God selected them. That God was like, dude, I'm going to put a little piece of me into you, a la Britney Spears. <laughs> like, here you go. These are my chosen ones. Yes. All of you must follow them slash give them money. And that is how they make a living, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard because as a young girl, like I cannot even begin to fathom the kind of like 
scrutiny she was under mm-hmm. and the fact that even though she did produce an heir yes the first quote-unquote heir she produced was a was another little girl that yeah, was a daughter was a daughter and like the scene where she's like holding her daughter and like mm-hmm. looking down at her and is like don't worry like I think you're perfect. Yeah, she was like, you weren't what we'd hoped for, but I love you just the same. I know. And you're just like, the fuck? Exactly. (laughs) And there's so much like, honestly, there's so much delusion there from like Mm -hmm. everyone involved that is only heightened by the fever dream that is Sofia Coppola's like world building. Yeah. And Kirsten Dunst, Dunst fits that so well. Yeah, she just like melts into this role of like a spoiled little princess but like they do such an intentional job and such a good job of showing like no she's just a directionless teenager who like doesn't who doesn't understand anything and she's trying to make the most of a very confusing time in a really challenging situation and things that are just like simply out of her scope of competence (laughs) yes literally you you know how on armchair expert they always talk about like how the human brain literally can't comprehend a certain number past like ten thousand yeah something like that like you can say like oh a billion yeah like the words are coming out of my mouth but the human brain cannot see one billion things exactly (laughs) like it can't truly understand like what a billion is so like Fucking Marie Antoinette, yes, she is being told, like, stop spending money. People are starving, et cetera, et cetera. But she's like, I'm in a palace and there's lots of cakes and dogs and shoes and feathers. So, like, what do you mean? And wigs. And so many wigs. Okay, people are starving. (laughs) It's like, oh my God, it's like, Kim, there are people that are dying. So literally like I lost my earring in the ocean like that it's literally that yes in like a 15 year old queen yeah but the thing is is like she really she un- she's like okay well then I'll I'll spend this money and I'll give it to this charity but no one she needs to have advisors telling her what to do but fucking advisors have their own political agenda oh they all have the their own agendas the court is not a safe place to be this movie is a warning about the monarchy (sighs) it really it really (laughs) really really is (laughs) democracy cannot be dead people we don't want a dictatorship we don't we don't want a monarchy let's not do it let's not do it i don't want the world overrun by corgis i know that's not my but desire. i i really like i can't i can't blame this bitch i can't blame kirsten in this role because like all she wants is to be able to control her life but all she can control is the amount of excess it's true she can only control like the wigs that are created for yeah. her and like she has fun like she picks and chooses the tidal pools that she has fun in because she can't have the ocean yeah exactly and then she literally he get like i do love that they portray her and louis like loving each other in a way it's not like sexual love no it's like care yeah and i mean they were 14 and 16 when they got married so yeah they deeply care for each other and he buys her this house because he knows that she's not happy and and he's like this is your private residence essentially Mm -hmm. and she's she apparently like had to invite people over like it's an invitation only place mm-hmm. no one could leave or enter without say of the queen <laughs> and this is where she lives because she's literally just like well i can't fucking fix a country so i guess i'll just play house literally literally with my kids who are pretty much dolls and 
and that's it. Yeah, because I can't be a normal mom. No, because our my at least my son is a, the fucking heir to the goddamn country. Yes. So everyone else sees him more than I do. I know. So what? And I know like these problems really do seem trivial in the grand scheme of things, but like, I don't know, like call me crazy, but it does take a lot of talent to keep me riveted by like a blonde bitch in a gown laying down and eating cake. And yet I continue to be fascinated by her through the whole movie. I could watch this movie a million times. I really could. There's something new always in her performance Mm -hmm. and the amount of nuance that she gives with, with each seemingly like the same, (laughs) the same days are happening. The same events are happening. Someone comes in with some kind of accent and tells her she's doing something wrong. She goes faux show and then continues on with her life. Uh That is literally the whole movie. Yeah. That is the whole, and then the in the end when, you know, the French Revolution happens. And they chopped off her head. Yeah, and that's sad. Rest in peace, girl. Rip, but also excellent film. Yes, excellent film. Incredible film. Go, Sophia. If I felt like reading a really long historical biography, I would read this book. (laughs) No. (laughs) I have done that before. Were you one of those people who like read the Hamilton biography when you saw Hamilton or whatever? I've never seen Hamilton. I also have never seen Hamilton. But I've never read the Hamilton biography. I, when I was in like middle school, I was really into historical fiction and historical biographies. So I was like a weird child reading about fucking Queens and shit. Amazing. It was fun. We love to hear it. We love to hear it. We love to see it. Okay. Let's get into this final film. The saddest. <laughs> oh my God. We just spent like a million years talking about like two some two like very poppy films except for the end of marie antoinette oh yeah Yeah. you know rib girl rib rib girl rib um but this last movie but i know we got we kind of teased you you thought we were going to do power of the dog but we're not um sorry (laughs) sorry we're doing melancholia came out in 2011 written and directed by lars von trier so you know it's batshit so you know the brand is crazy the brand be crazy (laughs) on the night of her wedding justine played by kirsten dunst is struggling to be happy even though it should be the happiest day of her life it was an extravagant wedding paid for by her sister and brother-in-law who are trying to keep the bride and all the guests in line meanwhile melancholia a blue planet is hurtling towards earth claire played by Charlotte Gainsbourg, Justine's sister, is struggling to maintain composure with fear of the impending disaster. Oh my God. Okay. Um, This move, an incredible movie. Like truly, I, I think like one of the most impactful movies I've seen in a long time. I didn't like what it impacted me with. Oh no, it was so sad. But it was fuck. Like I haven't been like touched deeply by a movie like this in a really 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 long time i will say like genuinely if you're someone who is depressed or gets um upset by end of the world things like don't watch it uh because it really upset me (laughs) yeah i'm i'm not gonna lie i had to like watch this movie kind of in chunks yeah we did too it was really hard to watch but i think that's what makes it so compelling yeah um it was bad shit <laughs> like i don't think i'll ever watch this movie again um i think i'd watch it again but i'd watch it again in like 10 years yeah. just to remember uh because i think it is a spectacular remember what it's film. like to, f- to, feel? to feel 
I want to feel again. I want to feel again. Um, this movie is truly spectacular. There are mm-hmm. so many gorgeous visual elements yes. in this film that really enhance Kirsten Dunst's um, performance mm-hmm. because she is able to very freely and deeply play a tortured soul in a way that is very authentic um, that you don't really see portrayed in films very often. I yeah. think with specifically depression, I, I don't want to talk about like other men- mental illnesses because Lord, Lord knows they have been played a mm-hmm. myriad of ways and very incorrectly. Yeah. <laughs> in so many, like, I, oh my God. Uh, but with specifically depression, sometimes movies get it right. Mm-hmm. most of the time they really don't. And yeah. the way that they play into it is like f- forever, forever sad TM. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's the, that's the way that they play it. When in reality, those things that Kirsten Dunst's character experiences in this film are closer to what someone with depression would actually experience, which is like the ability to be out at your own wedding and enjoying yourself. And also like, feeling the need to leave and be alone and mm-hmm. and reminisce and think about other things and also self-sabotage a lot. That happens a lot. Yeah. And, and not being able to eat, not being able to shower, like being sort of like, I don't want to say the word functional because I feel like sometimes that has, that has some like weird issues, but functional and also not functional. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I would totally agree with that. And I think we talked a little bit about this when we first watched the movie, um, just together outside of the recording. But why I like this depiction of depression so much and why I like this metaphor for depression so much, because to me, like melancholia, the the planet hurtling towards earth is the impending doom that you feel is inevitable when you're having a really, really, really horrible depressive episode. And in the case of this movie, it implies that like, well, it's going to hit at some point. Yeah. Which is a rather hopeless take, but (laughs) it serves its purpose in this movie. But why I like this depiction of depression so much is because it not only showed like what it's like to be the person, but it also showed all of the various types of reactions you get from other yeah. people like you get the person who is gonna go down with you and who's gonna pick you up even when you've done this a thousand times or, and like nothing's changed or you have the person who defends you like to no end but is pissed or you have the person who's just super dismissive or you have the parent who's just like you but refuses to like acknowledge that you're the same you know it it has all of those pieces and all contribute significantly to like an individual's experience with mental illness. And this is the only movie I've seen that really explores all of those aspects and does it in such like a beautiful way where it's not like shoving it down your throat. You really are just like, Oh, I'm watching a movie about a depressed woman on her wedding day and the world's about to end. Yeah. Okay. And and they all have to grapple with like, with that. Yeah. Right. And I think there are so many feelings that you as the audience member have when you're watching this film. Like sometimes you even adopt the feelings of the people around the depressed person. Like you're like, I found myself at one point getting annoyed with her. Yes. Right. Like absolutely being like, Oh my God, I'm so frustrated. Like why can't you just just pull yourself together for just a little bit so that everyone can enjoy themselves before fucking melancholia hits. Like you're you're at the wedding. Just get out of the fucking bathtub. Get out of the bathtub. He's so hot. Like, (laughs) like you find yourself, 
feeling the feelings of the people around Kirsten Dunst's character and I had to like like physically stop myself and be like oh my god like this is I mean this is it like this is the reaction that Lors wanted no he he really did and the thing is is like a lot of Kirsten's role is to just kind of be defiant slash like sluggish and just kind of like suck up the energy Mm -hmm. and i feel like any critics of this movie would be like well she didn't really do anything lies lars is just lies lars is just crazy but i really think it takes a lot to hold your own against the insanity that's happening in this film because even though the first like few scenes make it seem like a totally normal film, there is something about it that seems like just off enough to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like things are like just not quite right. And they make that very apparent. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, are, is this an alternate universe? What's happening? But I really think she like, I think she holds herself amongst this otherwise insane story. Yeah. I think that for me, Kirsten, something that Kirsten does that I really admire is she holds all of the space needed for honestly the lack of feeling that comes with depression, which that is the thing that I haven't ever seen before. Right. Because I think that actors will go into these dark places and these like in these insecure places to pull out something like what they believe depression to be yeah. or if they've experienced it before like what they think an audience will respond to and i think something that kirsten did so beautifully and honestly like i do not know that it could even be replicated because it's so goddamn unique is like the lack mm-hmm. the lack of emotion the lack of need the lack of desire like the the lack of everything which is again to your point, why I think critics are like, this bitch don't do nothing. It's like, (laughs) well, do you know how brave it is as an actor to defy your first instinct, which is to please? Yeah. (laughs) To defy the instinct to react? Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if you know this, but acting is reacting. reacting. Like, how brave is that? To literally just shut off all sensors and to shut off all emotion and all like the rattling in your brain that's telling you like, no, 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 you have to do more, do more, do more. Mm -hmm. It's like in Forgetting Sarah Marshall when Kuno is like, do less. Yeah. (laughs) Do less. No, no, no. no. Do even less than that. Do less. Less than that. Nope. Still doing too much. Do less. Like, it's like Uh, she's doing the least. (laughs) Yeah. And there's something so compelling and it like draws you in because you want to fill that gap Mm -hmm. and yeah it's just she the amount of and i already respected her quite a bit but the amount of respect that i have for kristen or kristen for kirsten it really tripled after Mm -hmm. i watched this movie so it's literally so sad thinking about it's, this movie it, makes me really it's sad it's a really sad movie i made the mistake of watching it while i was on an edible and that <sighs> really makes me spiral into existential dread <laughs> so, and you also hate space i so also hate like, space and i have clinical depression so double <laughs> triple whammy it's just a really nice time yeah um but this move like i i was able to remove myself enough 
from it to be like, no, this movie is really rich and nuanced and raw. And what she does is she proves to you that depression, it is an illness. It's a sickness and it is inconvenient and it's staggering and it's unavoidable and you just have to fucking deal with it. Like, and you have to have your coping mechanisms, whether it's medication therapy, et cetera, et cetera. But like the impending doom makes that literally impossible for her. Yeah. Because she just, she knows. And that's where it gets really scary because you're like, like I've never been, I've never been like suicidal or anything, but watching this movie, you're like, oh, I can see how other people can feel close to that. Like you can understand where it can escalate to the point where you feel like it's easier not to go through this. Like I think about, I think a lot about like even now, and I haven't stopped thinking about these two scenes in the movie. One of the scenes is where Kirsten Dunst's character is uh, being dragged into a bathtub by her family members and her body is like fucking lifeless. Yeah. She like, and when she touches the water, she just feels like it's fucking acid or something because depression is an illness and it can cause you to cause you to react in a myriad of ways. And for her, it's like anything that is good or that she's quote unquote deserving of, she doesn't want. She's like, no, like these are all bad things that are going to make things worse. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, and she's like crying about to go into this bathtub and you see kind of like all of the light in her eyes is completely gone. And, she's like a fucking wounded animal, like trying to be shoved into this bathtub. And it is so inhuman Mm -hmm. and it is so, it has, there's such a lack of compassion, but at the same time, the very act of family members trying to get you clean is incredibly compassionate Mm -hmm. and full of care. So it's like this crazy, like juxtaposition of all of these emotions and all these feelings, like mishmashing together Mm -hmm. to create this like, very jarring and like unnerving experience as a as an audience member yeah i mean lars von trier is known for making the most unsettling films um <sighs> that i mean that scene is hard to watch yeah that seems really that in the scene where she eats the food and yeah. she's like it tastes like that ashes. was that was the other scene i was gonna talk about is yeah. like <sighs> that scene is really fucking hard to watch because again like it's depression telling you that the food tastes like nothing. It could be like five star fucking food. Mm-hmm. And to her, it is a lifeless. Yeah. Like it has nothing to offer her because she's so deep in it. She's so lacking of so much that she's like, it tastes like ash. Yeah. And the delivery of the line is so spot on. Mm-hmm. It is irreplicable. Yeah. I cannot imagine number one, anyone else doing it. And I can't even repeat it here. it's just not happening yeah i'll also just like close this out by saying that kirsten dunst has been open about like her own struggle with depression and so i really just like i mean i admire her in a way but i'm also like i guess i'm scared for her in retro you okay bro you let yourself get to that place that is so scary and so real. And like we watched her interviews. Kirsten Dunst is an intense fucking actress. Like she gets in there. She she has a dream person yeah, to come in like, like dream dream work. work. <laughs> dream works. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she does dream work, whatever the fuck that means. And she like gets into her roles. So I'm really like, I'm like, girl, I'm glad you're okay now. But like, this is this fucking intense. And so I really applaud her for being able to do that and also take care of herself at the same time. Slash when you look at where she came from, like bring it on to this. And that's why we wanted to do both of these films because they are so different. And it's only, I mean, it's 11 years is a lot of years, but in her career, we've been watching her for 30. Dude, she's, and she's just getting started. Yeah, she's only 39. She's ready to step into some fucking Dean Judy Dent shit. Yeah, some Meryl shit, some you guys. Some Meryl motherfucking shit. I know. Dog, I like, know. Ugh, I'm I'm ready. And we are gonna talk about Power of the Dog soon. And so we'll make sure to talk about her. Yeah, we're doing it for that. someone she, else. She was nominated. <laughs> I wonder who. I wonder who it is. It's not Jesse Plemons. I'm sorry. No, I we do love him. He's on the rise as well. He's he's rising like very quick yeasty bread. Yeah, uh, we'll let you know when the bread is ready to be spoken about because <laughs> we do have the final say. We obviously, do obviously in this industry. <laughs> you guys come to us. Yep. <laughs> No, you don't. Oh, God. We are the used Goodwill Bring It On DVD. <laughs> That's what we are. <laughs> oh uh, well, I guess that's Kirsten. That's Kirsten. God bless her, man. She can do so much. She plays the worst yeah. character in the world, which is uh, Mary Jane Watson in Sam Raimi's <laughs> Spider Man. Uh, but I still love her for it because she com- that bitch commits. She commits. <laughs> she commits to being horrible. <laughs> she commits to like being a little brat. <laughs> but listen, guys, she had hard childhood. We're gonna cut her some slack. We're gonna cut her some slack. Okay, I'm, gl- I'm glad you're cutting her slack. She's all. She's also failed a-, a failed actress on Broadway. So well, we're gonna cut her extra slack there extra too. Slack. It hurts to be to suck in public. <laughs> so she's gonna give her that. Mary Jane Watson, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, um. Well, Monica. Yeah. What have you dabbled in? Oh man, I've dabbled in so many things. Uh-huh. Uh, we straight up forgot. No, I was gonna say we straight up forgot to record last week. That's not true. No, um, we tried. We tried. I had horrible food poisoning. Yeah. Um, and that literally lasted, no pun intended. I shit you not. Uh, <laughs> three weeks. It's there three days. Three weeks. Three weeks. <laughs> no. Three days. It lasted uh. three days. It was horrible. <laughs> I literally lost like five pounds uh christ it was horrible and like today i ate one of my first like full meals in a very long time so i don't know what happened i don't know what i ate but it made me like nauseous and queasy for like many days Aaron too Aaron too and then i threw up that night too from a chicken tender from a a different chicken tender (laughs) from a completely separate but equal tender a separate tender oh my god oh my god <laughs> separate but equally as horrible yeah it was uh, delicious going down though i love a chicken tendy uh, incredible <laughs> um so yeah that i mean <laughs> what have you dabbled in food poisoning um <laughs> awesome awesome what have you dabbled in i mean life is crazy man you took me to the drive-in oh my 
good. We saw the fifth element. We saw the fifth element. It was wonderful. Where did we see it? Senespia. Senespia. But at the Greek. So not the real Senespia in the cemetery. It was a drive-in at the Greek theater. Yeah, because you cannot drive over graves. It's really weird. No, that's probably illegal. I feel like that would be, would that be considered like desecrating a grave to drive over? If it damaged it, probably. Perhaps. Yeah. What's the fine for desecrating a grave? I don't know, dude. What's the jail time for desecrating a grave? (laughs) (laughs) How much jail time is it? Who's grave do you want to desecrate that you're asking this question no one i just want to know if i accidentally drive over a grave if i'm going to go to yale (laughs) it's a misdemeanor punishable by up to one year imprisonment a fine of up to two thousand dollars or both okay i can afford two thousand dollars and i can also afford one year in jail you cannot afford one year in jail. What no, are you I'm, talking about? I mean, I can't afford it, but I can like, af- my brain- You could do it I could if do you it. had to. That's what I'm trying to say. Got, is I could got it, got it, got it. I think, I think what's like the max time that you could, you could be gone? <laughs> like realistically? Yeah. I really think I could probably do like five years. Wow. I'm not saying it would be easy, but like- I, th- I think because I really thrive on routine and I think I could, if I, as long as I felt safe, I could get through that. I have many things to say to that. I think I would just go on a lot of walks and read a lot of books. <laughs> Number one, uh, don't think your experience would be anything like Orange is the, is the New Black. Number two, uh, abolish prisons. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, and number mm. three, uh, I have no number three. Just abolish prisons. I think again. I would probably start doing some like workshops or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'd have the privilege of being able to do Correct. to do workshops. Yeah, or probably like turn to religion as most oh, people God. do. I think no I pun intended. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I want everyone to be let out of prison. Yes. Uh, and I want to find a better way. Agreed. To rehabilitate people. Agreed. Enough with the prison industrial complex. We don't need it anymore. What do we do with serial killers though? Like that's a genuine question. Oh mine. no, that's different. That's different. There's do a we com- have special prisons for like big enough crimes? There's a complete different. Well, first of all, number one, and I, I will go to my grave saying this until, uh-huh. un- until this is like, com- like this is solved. Uh, everyone who is put in, who is in jail right now yeah. for the possession of marijuana needs to be taken out of jail. Oh, a thousand percent. Like yesterday, like for years drug ago. Drug crimes in general. Any, honestly, any drug crimes in general. Yeah. Out, out. <laughs> like what? Out, damn spot. Out, damn spot. Out. <laughs> oh, my, uh, hashtag Macbeth. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like what the actual. F- Fuck. Yeah, I agree. I will never understand that. I know. I will. I'm well, gonna, I will. It's I, racism and money. It's true. It's <laughs> it's it's deep racism and deep capitalism. Yeah. I want it etched on my grave. I want to see it happen before I die. That's that's the goal. I hope so, dude. That's the goal. It doesn't make any sense. If I can go, if I live in Pasadena, California, and I can go down to the fucking like corner dispensary and grab like an Apple Store ass weed, yeah, then. Like, what the fuck are these people still doing in jail? Correct. It's fucked. Get them out. Get them out. What's that song from Les Mis? Like, let him live. I don't know. <laughs> let me die, musical. but let him live. 
I hate that musical. It's me. Except for Master of the House. Jean Valjean. <laughs> Two, four, six, oh, one. Amazing. In- incredible. We should go on Broadway. Stars Did you hear? In <laughs> Did you hear that Pamela Anderson's going to be Roxy Hart? No, but I love that for her. It was announced, I believe, yesterday. She's also doing her own documentary tell-all. Oh, I can't wait. Pam and Tommy, I have so many we mixed feelings. We love a queen. Mixed feelings about the show, but I love Pamela Anderson in general. You go Goral. I love that bitch. I love her bangs. We love a bang. <laughs> we love a banging bitch. We love a banging bombshell bitch. bitch. Yes, queen, make that coin. <laughs> Up here in Borat. <laughs> Do your thing, girl. Do your thing, girl. Oh God! Okay, this has to end. This has to end. We need to stop. <laughs> Our hinges gone. Hinges? No hinges. We're like that drawing in Big Little Lies. Which lie? Which I was about to say. Which lies? Which drawing? All the lies. The drawing that Reese Witherspoon's daughter makes of her, and she's like, "I drew this door off its hinges because you're unhinged." <laughs> <laughs> and you're- she's like, "Oh." <laughs> Your dog is licking me where I have a cut on my arm. I'm sorry. She tends it's to her go. nurturing ways. Well, no. She, she tends to taste in my blood. She enjoys salt. Oh. I guess you reduce your sodium intake. Salty blood. That's what that tells me. From that chicken tender. Oh my God. It just hasn't <laughs> left your system. I hear uh, that like gum stays in your system for like 10 years. I feel like that's a lie. I don't know. That's what they told me in elementary school. Yes, everything. They also tell told me that through. like drink milk. Boys, where did that lead me? <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> uh, I'm still brittle. <laughs> <laughs> We're ending this now. Okay, 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 okay. On that note, don't, don't sue us, Daddy Favreau. <laughs> and put us back on Wikipedia. Get us back, hashtag get us back on Wikipedia 2022. <laughs> uh, don't sue us. Yeah, thanks. Have a good night. Uh, catch Bye. us, rate us five stars. Five stars on all the platforms. You can rate people on Spotify now. Go yeah, that, that. that's literally, you act like I don't know. That's oh, I thought you were just why. Saying, okay, I'm sorry. That's literally why I said okay, it. Okay, let's fight about it later. Fine. <gasps>